When the American inmates at Piedras Negras talked to Blake Davis, they sometimes caught themselves staring at the jagged, reddened scar that underlined the ridge of his jaw. Blake Davis was ebullient, powerfully built, well-liked by the other Americans. Even in moments of discouragement, he somehow managed a rueful smile. Next week was always the time of Blake's anticipated departure from the Piedras Negras jail. He always had a scam. Blake did not mind talking about his scar. He said he'd been arrested near Saltillo and charged with transporting 175 pounds of marijuana. For three weeks, Blake said, he was strapped naked to a bed while federales interrogated him, until finally he signed a Spanish confession he could not read. While he was in prison at Saltillo, Blake claimed he bribed a warden for $2,000. But when the tunneling started, the warden alerted the guards. Blake said he unwisely cried foul. The warden referred the matter to Mexican inmates, who set upon Blake with crude knives and razor blades. Hence the scar. Blake's tale of horror did not rate him special privileges in the Piedras Negras seniority system. When he was transferred there in August 1975, like all other new arrivals, he took a seat on the floor. When a Mexican attorney arranged his transfer from Saltillo, Blake thought he was destined for a federal prison in Piedras Negras called Pinal. But Mexican officials claimed Pinal was overcrowded, and they blamed Americans for a November 1974 breakout in which 24 prisoners tunneled to freedom. Blake Davis was thus assigned to the Piedras Negras Municipal Jail. Inside the jail were five cells for men, one cell for women, and a drunk tank, each of which measured eight feet by nine. The windowless cells contained four bunks, a toilet, a water faucet, and from six to twelve sweating, panting, claustrophobic prisoners. Mexican national inmates were eventually transferred to Pinal, but the Americans waited for enough seniority to occupy one of the bunks. When they moved around their cells, they shuffled. They never breathed fresh air, never saw the sky. The lights of the jail were never turned off, so their only concept of day and night came from the jail kitchen, which provided gruel in the morning, soup at noon, beans and tortillas at dinner. The Americans depended upon friends to bring them vitamins and food. After a few months, their teeth began to decay and their hair began to thin. They passed the time playing Scrabble, backgammon, studying Spanish. Two or three performed yoga and isometric exercises. Though the Americans inside hated and feared Mexican cops, they had a certain empathy for the jail guards who were poor men working for five or six dollars a day and were helpless to do anything about the crowded conditions of the jail. The guards also seemed to understand that the Americans were under severe mental and emotional stress, prisoners of a foreign government and a foreign system of justice. Certain liberties were in order. Hard drugs could be smuggled past the guards, and the Mexican fink assigned to each cell containing Americans often operated a marijuana concession. Sometimes, the guards allowed women to join the men in their bunks or in the privacy of the shower room. But now and then, the powder keg tension of the jail would explode. Some American would faint, his skin would turn the shade of alabaster, and the other Americans would start shouting angry demands for medical attention. 
Except for weekenders in the drunk tank, all the American inmates were alleged narcotics violators. Under terms of the Mexican Napoleonic Code, any felony suspect caught red-handed in flagrante delicto can be held, interrogated, and denied access to an attorney for three days. If after six days a magistrate concludes that evidence warrants a trial and the maximum sentence of the alleged offense is more than two years, a suspect can be held up to a year before he's tried. Even if a suspect proves in an amparo court of grievance that his Mexican constitutional rights have been violated, the charges against him still stand. In January 1975, the Mexican government enacted a law that denied narcotic suspects any kind of release on bond. From the standpoint of the Americans in the Piedras Negras jail, Mexican law was a stacked deck. Only Davis had actually been convicted but the rest of the Americans never talked about waiting for trial. They always said they were waiting for sentencing. <laughs>